Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best and only episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast, where we watch all of the episodes of Gundam Seed to get to this one, and then we talk about how great it is. My name is Jeremy. It's pretty great. I'm Tyler. My name is Zach. Like I said, I kept telling Tyler, wait until Gundam Seed gets good, and it happened. Like, <laughs> I, I know it was pretty good before, but this is what I was talking about. <laughs> This is when it happens. This is when Cuzzy achieves his full potential. Yeah, this is when Cuzzy goes Super Saiyan <laughs> and saves the Archangel and becomes Captain Cuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Th- does his power set include a similar thing to Captain Marvel, where he can absorb energy and shoot it back out? And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Captain Cuzzy's power set. So he goes and fights Gundams on his own. <laughs> in space. Yes. Cuzzy in space! I feel like we're bringing a lot of mileage out of that one tonight. <laughs> So we're going to watch episode 30 today, Flashing Blades, or episode 28 if you're watching along on YouTube, which I highly recommend as long as it's there, because it's all free. And this episode is great. Grade A. Like, if you're a weird person who listens to our podcast but has never seen and never watches the series, watch this episode. It has my literal favorite fight between two mobile suits in it, and they reanimated for the HD version, and it looks amazing. This is probably the episode that has had the most redone animation for it so far. Yeah, having never watched the original, I can't really tell, but man, there was some... The original doesn't have very much animation in the fight. Yeah. Uh, Earlier when I was saying they were saving the budget, I thought it was for this episode, but this episode is almost entirely reused footage, and the fight at the end between the Strike and the Aegis in the original is done in stills, which has a real uh, strong effect, but it looks amazing animated. It also does a lot to imply motion in the in the stills, so I when until me and Jeremy had actually been talking about it, I'd forgotten that it was actually done primarily through still images. I would have actually accepted just Atherin and Kira yelling at each other until something exploded, and then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that sounds about right. Because <laughs> they kind of do that, and then something explodes. So. Uh, yeah, a- Atherin wraps his legs around Kira, and then there's an explosion. <laughs> After they shout each other's names. Yep. For... <laughs> and sweat. Yep, there is some sweat. So speaking of... Ex- I need to hurt you. <laughs> hey, I have to get the joke out of the way now so I don't ruin the moment when we get to it. So every episode, I don't know if we've actually ever explicitly said this, I watch the episode beforehand and make fairly snarky notes on all the things that have happened, but it was really hard for some of the scenes in this episode to continue snarking at it. So. I thought you weren't actually intentionally making them snarky, we just found them funny. No, well, it's not really intentional, that's just what I'm commenting on as I'm watching it. Uh. And you too, Kezzy. <laughs> and you too, Cuzzy, you are also present in this room. Uh, so before we go on, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a retrospective on Nickel, speaking of explosions. You know, his death did not actually impact me over much. It impacted Kira more than it impacted me. <laughs> <laughs> Saw it coming. What do we think of him as a character, though, now that he's gone? Because in my memory of the series, Nickel and Tal are these very important characters that are very fundamental to Atherin and Kira and their conflict. I don't know that Tall was. I feel like Nickel was more important than Tall was. Nickel became important. Tall is. Spoilers. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Tall Nic- is important. Nickel became important later on, but like initially when he first shows up, he's just number four. Well, he's like there to be the guy Atherin hangs out with because he can't hang out with Isaac and Diarca. To be fair, I always thought of him as number three in front of Diarca <laughs> when I first watched the series. <laughs> That's fair. Because- Diarca gets to go on. Diarca's heart will go on, unlike Nickel's. <laughs> Diarca was a lump of wood at first. He slowly developed a personality over well, the... Well, just because I, I 
for a good chunk of it, it's like Izak and Diarca are one unit, so that's two and three, or at least for me. <laughs> and because like there's the entire desert arc where Nickel and Athrun are pretty much absent from it, whereas Diarca and Izak are present for most of it. But they're not the for same most of it, for one episode. Clo- more than Iz- yeah, more than sure. Athrun and Nickel. Agreed. But they are a single homogenous unit until but, so Diarca starts separating himself. Well, then Nickel, then Nickel started getting personality. I'm like, oh, you're gonna die. Well, there's a phase in every pretty soon where couples get really, really close, and then after a while, they have to like start differentiating themselves as individuals again. And Isaac and Diarca just reached that stage, so that, which is why we see Diarca's personality coming out as he's you know trying to get back into his own hobbies and stuff. <laughs> what do we think of Nickel then? I like him, but he's a lot less important than I remember. And because everybody gets to come back to life and see destiny, and spoilers, Nickel doesn't. What? He- what? <laughs> there is a mass resurrection jutsu, and Nickel isn't included. Yeah, yeah. And you get to come back to life, and you get to come back to life, and you get to come back to life. And if watchers really squint, you get to come back to life, but not you. Uh, Nickel <laughs> often falls to the wayside for me, uh, and he is a pretty passive character, but that's kind of his role. I mean, that's his personality, right? My problem is, like, I saw it coming as soon as they gave him a characterization arc, or, like, that one episode that was focusing on him. That was the main problem, I think. He's he's a plot device with a personality. That That's literally all I feel about him. See, I didn't see his death coming. It was a genuine surprise to me, so... I was not expecting it to happen in the way it did, but I saw it coming, so... I prefer when it happened where Kira intentionally killed him, but... I did not see, not that he's going to die or anything, Toll happening... It was really obvious 15 minutes before it happened that it was going oh, to. Oh, his, so. his was more of a shock for me. Out of curiosity, how did you think Nickel was going to die, Tyler? Um, I assumed it was going to be part of a protracted battle or something in space, probably. Like, I expected it to be a couple episodes out is really the thing. I wasn't expecting it to happen as suddenly as it did. The fact that it's by accident, I could take... Well, accident in quotation marks, depending on the version that you're watching. I could take or leave. I Like, I knew it was going to be a catalyst for Atherin wanting to kill Kira, finally. It surprised me, because when that thing happened, he's already rendered out of the fight. Yeah, it's true. He comes out of nowhere, but he also has the cloaking on his machine, which kind of makes that feel earned. Or not earned, but... It felt natural. It's just because every other time when somebody has been removed from the fight, they stay out of the fight for the remainder of usually the episode. So his reappearance... It's mostly Diarco who's falling out of the fight, and he's not actually out of the fight. He's fighting his mortal nemesis, Gravity. <laughs> well, no, he, uh, just Isaac, off screen. Isaac has a few of those where he is knocked out of the fight and he stays out well, of the fight. Diarca and Isaac are a unit, as we established. So, ah, uh, yes, my 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 bad. Fusion, ha, ha, ha! Now you'll never defeat us, Gravity. Now I am Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> kind of not want to have a retraction but there's a point i kind of forgot about the last episode that i wanted to bring up the music in gundam seed is really really good and i always forget to bring it up but there's actually one change between the original and hd version is in the last episode in the original we hear meteor for the first time which is an insert song by tm revolution the band that did the first opening that i associate super super heavily with a scene later but actually plays in the last episode and they edited it out of the hd version and replaced it with a just regular instrumental song. Huh. I think because it's so iconic in that next scene, because they keep it for that, and I think they want to kind of keep it special. That makes sense. But it plays during the strike is destroying everyone in that fight, so it makes sense in its original spot, too. It's a very uplifting, victorious song, so. And then the strike destroys everyone. Yep, and then the strike kicks Isaac into the ocean, and the <laughs> Arca finds himself falling into 
<laughs> it was over there. How did I get falling in? Spirit bond. Derica, you have to take all my damage for me. Oh no, it was enough to, it, hit points to take us both out. <laughs> I hate bleed over. Alternatively, Kira's just taking great cleave. So <laughs> Overkill. It yeah, helps with the mooks a lot. All right, so I think that's everything I want to talk about before we get to this very Game of Thrones-esque episode. Episode 28, Flashing Blades. Very, very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, so the story so far, Kira killed Nickel and is sad about it. <laughs> really sad about it. Also, Kira killed Nickel and Atherin is angry about it. I think Kira's weirdly sad about it. His reaction at this point actually makes a lot of, or his reaction that we'll see in this episode makes a lot more sense than his reaction beforehand. Yeah. So. Having rewatched this episode, I buy it more, because even Moo and uh, Mechanic Guy kind of call him out as reacting differently when he's been doing this. And like I kind of hypothesized last episode, I think he's just finally had a chance to rest and think about it, since he was an orb kind of doing something else, getting self-worth from not killing people. <laughs> and now it's kind of dawned on him what he's been doing. Yeah, gotta make it so that other people can kill people, too. He's gotta get those buff skills. Kira, best support NA. Equal opportunity. <laughs> Sunrise. E- equal opportunity Kira's. So we start with that stuff from the last episode over uh, a piano song, a very dramatic one, and sort of somber one. Where Kira punches Atherin in the face. Atherin's like, oh no, my armors. Kira's like, I'm going to cut your legs off or something, probably. Or at least threaten you. And then suddenly, Nickel. <laughs> I kind of start chatting and both people look at him. Yeah. And that- then very awkwardly, the blade turns around and suddenly Nickel's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's why I really prefer how it was initially, because it's actually that angle. And it is an intentional swing. And the swing is well animated. We don't get to see that sword swung very often. We actually do get some new animation in this previously on. Some dramatic shots of Isaac and Diarca getting off their 15-minute break, <laughs> jumping out <laughs> of the water, just in time to see Nickel dying. They were on their union-mandated 15 minutes. Yeah, they couldn't save Nickel, they were on break. Oh, that explains why Nickel was missing. He was also on his union-mandated 15-minute. He, he just got taken out first, so... As he was on lunch break, he actually just got back from Smashburger, got some sweet truffle fries... And then <laughs> came back and was like, oh, shit, Atherin's about to be killed. Atherin! So then we cut to the opening right after Atherin screams Nickel's name. Are, are the subtitles actually translated? So they've got both. They've got the Japanese on top oh, okay. and the English beneath. That's what I thought was the case, but I, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like, that is actually how the song goes. <laughs> they say it in Japanese and they say it in English. <laughs> because I'm dumb. Actually, it's because Tyler's dumb. I had to... But yeah, it's just rubbing off on you, right? Zach, no, I just have don't to... Don't throw away your smile. My heart is still shining, Zach. It's burning red. It tells me to defeat you. <laughs> I remember my, you showed that to my brother, and he's like, you should really stop listening to his hand. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the Mugen one where Jeremy had the entire Burning Finger speech in there. Yeah, no, you watched the uh, uh, Team Four Star Dragon Ball Super, yeah, where Trunks yeah. gives the burning, or the Th- shining finger sword That's about speech. right for that scene, yeah. <laughs> Ever since we started watching this, the opening feels longer. I don't think it actually is. But it's because it we're longer. waiting for it to be over. That is true. There's not a whole lot to comment on it after the first time. Which is why this time we spent the entire time talking about everything else. So when the opening is over, we cut to some very nice shots of the destruction. The sword strike sword is in the ground. The blitz is burning to pieces, or rather what's left of it. While Atherin and Kira stand shocked over it. Sweet. Pick up all that salvage. <laughs> I played Battletech. Plus You're going to need that. Scrap. 
And I really like Isaac and Diarca's reaction because they've kind of bullied Nickel and you could kind of play them of it as them being like, serves him right, he was weak, all that. But they react like one of their best friends just died. Although their uh, the mobile suit animation on those is really poor. No, I, I actually really like this because while they did pick on him, he was a, he was a teammate. Like, they picked on him, but he was part of the yeah. team. I specifically like Isaac's reaction. That's that's impossible. We yeah. were invincible because you're shitty teenagers. And <laughs> yeah, he, he always thought of themselves as being invincible. So the fact Gundams. that that is no longer, that is obviously not the case, has not been proven to this extent yet. Because while everybody else has been killed, they have been fine. And Isaac does the Isaac thing. And Diarca actually starts getting concerned about Atherin, who is out of armor and <laughs> and very close. Shocked. Yeah. So they come to the rescue. I also just noticed in the last sh- scene that the uh, Buster's, like, cannon thing... Is on, a, like, a chain or a leash to it? Yeah, it's, like, attached to its hip on a swivel. It's actually the backpack, but yeah. That, the way that looks in that scene, it does look like from the hip, because you don't see, like, where it connects. But yeah, Gundam Seed is big on its backpacks. But the Archangel is there giving covering fire and yelling at Kira to get back to the ship, since they got a clear escape route. And he does the Samurai Jack jump. Despite not actually being able to fly, he flies pretty well. And Diarca starts taking command and tells Isaac that they gotta pull back and regroup, and starts yelling at Atherin to stop being a shocked baby and come with them. And again, I think that lies perfectly in Diarca's character. He's not going to necessarily take command unless he has to, but when he has to, he is willing to step up and do it. Well, he's not gonna trust Isaac, right? Isaac's well, a hothead. Isaac, <laughs> Isaac's too much of a hothead, and Diarca has clearly fi- realized... We can't stay. We've already lost one guy to them, and Atherin's out of juice. Isaac and Diarca are probably running low because, depending on what they've been doing this entire time, their armor or power supply can't be very high, and Kira still presumably has the Sky Graspers nearby and the Archangel. So yeah. it's an intelligent move to back down. And Atherin's clearly not fit for command at this moment. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very cool moment because Diarca hasn't really gotten to do anything yet. Yep. Even though we talked about him getting a personality last episode, and he definitely has been slowly, but this is the first time he really acts. They never really establish the chain of command for them. They, I don't think they have one. Well, like, we talked earlier about how Zaf's chain of command is kind of really informal anyway. I, I think Atherin just assumes if he dies, no one's going to stop Izak from yelling so loud they have to listen <laughs> to him. <laughs> no, I, I, especially given this episode, I think if Atherin were to die, Diarca would take over. I think so, too, but I don't think Atherin thinks that. Probably not. Diarca's just, I think, I think Diarca's smarter than you, well, to be entirely at, honest. If you look at Atherin's, like, confrontational interactions with the rest of the group, it's always, like, Izak is Atherin's lance, right? Yeah. Diarca's the smart one, and Nickel's the chick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now the team has no heart, which means they're screwed. They can no longer form Captain Planet. They can't have it stolen by the Phantom Thieves. <laughs> and Kira looks exhausted when it gets back, which we've seen before, but it's a nice show. I like that last shot of the uh, uh, Blitz's head. Yeah, just smoldering on the ground. Like the, while the Archangel pulls away. So Kira has some flashbacks to that weird time Nickel tripped <laughs> into his sword. And somehow managed to get the blade when it was reversed. And we in his flashback, we see Atherin's reaction to screaming about Nickel. So it could be that's playing on him, too. So he sadly lowers down, and the whole uh, engineering, crew. I- engineering crew comes to compliment him, including terrible big brother Murdoch. Despite the fact that Kira obviously looks like he's in a bad mood, he's like, you've been doing really well lately. And Kira's like, okay, yeah, I want to go take a nap. Technically speaking, Kira outranks him. 
But good big brother Moo shows up and sees something's wrong and shoes them away like the paparazzi. And he's like, oh, I remember my first time. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Kira's like, yeah, I just killed somebody. How can you say I did a good job? And it's like, because that, that is your job. Like I said, I think Kira's just realizing what he's been doing right now. And that is a sad time to rise. Because even the mechanics are like, right. hold up. Yeah, I see the mistake. Yep. All of a, uh, yeah, uh, all the, of a, so someone did not proofread their subtitles on this. It's not a big deal because if you're American or, you know, speak English, you know what that word actually says since typing makes sense. But I just, I, I noticed it and it's a Zordan moment. Yeah. <laughs> Zordan, Zordon's shitty cousin who <laughs> leads the Power Rangers every six episodes or so on Netflix. <laughs> But yeah, even the mechanics are like, well, yeah, what's the big deal? You've been doing this for a while. And he reacts to that. He's like, oh, shit, I have. Poor Waltfeld. I killed him. I didn't send him to special <laughs> coordinator land. <laughs> you didn't send him to a farm upstate. <laughs> I would go to Waltfeld Farms. He would have the best cows and tigers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it'd tigers. Be <laughs> we'll ignore whether or not tigers live on farms. <laughs> but Moo kind of comes to his rescue, but he teenage sulks off. But Moo, to his credit, pursues him after kind of giving Murdoch a scolding look. And Murdoch gives his crew a scolding look in return and tells him to work. Yeah, yeah pass that down. If you're a manager, that's what you have a team for. And then Moo tries to, like, stick up for the crew, saying, like, they don't understand the stress you're going through, basically, is what he's trying to get across. But, and he's even like, you know, we're, you're, we all consider you one of our, us, you're one of our Nakama, because Jeremy's a weeaboo. No, he's, he's not saying, you know, they weren't trying to upset you because of that. It's like, He's, he actually goes into it now. You know, we, we consider you one of us. We're soldiers. You're a soldier by virtue of that. This is our job. I consider that kind of two separate points. The first one is he's being like, no one is judging you for being a coordinator. Like, you were just part oh. of the team. Yeah, and I then, guess that is true. And then, like, he sees that's not working. So he goes like, hey, you're yeah. a soldier. That's the way I interpret it, too, is he took different tacks. And he's like, hey, suck it up. This is your job. You signed yeah, up for this. Good, good cop didn't work. So now he... Or, not not good cop, but like he he was like trying to be friendly, big brother, and friendly, now he's concerned, big brother. Friendly, big brother didn't work, so now he's stern, big brother. So he's he's pointing out, you know, you we're we're not actually. I know you think you're a murderer now, but that's not the case. If you don't shoot them, they shoot you. And foil characters, Raul Crusade has had this exact conversation with Atherd. Yep, which he flashbacks to a little bit this yes. episode. I uh, I actually think it's pretty interesting too because. Rao, I think it actually speaks a lot to his character. I was going to save it for that scene. But, like, Atherin doesn't get shot down. Nickel does. And Rao doesn't say, hey, your friends will get shot down. I think they could have done a moment here and said, Moose, say, hey, if you don't shoot, it could be one of us. He actually kind of does because he says, you know, if, if you don't shoot, you get shot. You know, that goes for all of us. Me, him, you, tall, <laughs> Nickel, you know. Well, he obviously doesn't nickel, but like he points out, that's true for everybody. So if you don't want to do it, you were in the wrong line of work. When Kira gets pissed at that, but I think that's partially because he's trying to reconcile the fact that that is true. Well, I mean, clearly he's in a mood. Like, there's nothing you could say to Kira at this point. We've all been that teenager. But Moo is just concerned because he's been like, hey, stop, then stop hesitating. You'll lose your life. And I don't want to see that foreshadowing. Yeah, like <laughs> Moo, Moo is entirely concerned for Kira, and that's why he's being stern big brother is he's... He's trying to knock him out of this funk before it gets him killed. So then we cut to Submarine, and Izak being very melodramatic. Sometimes Gundam Seed is uh, accused of being too much of that. I usually don't think so. Izak's kind of hamming it up here. <laughs> as he starts punching Nickel's locker as hard as he can. 
It, well, it's entirely in his character, because both Atherin and Diarca are dealing with it in the same way that what? they always do, which is they're both very quiet. Well, actually, Diarca looks more like he's frustrated with the way his coat's fitting right now. <laughs> I can see Diarca kind of oh. putting that off and putting it into a different thing and being frustrated with, with that because he's trying not to think about it. But I, I also do think of Diarca as being very calm with regards to that He's happened. the anti-Ezak. Yeah, he's, he is Blue Oni, right? Yes. And so Isaac's yelling. He uh, he kicks Nichols' locker so hard it opens, and that kind of snaps him out of it. Uh, Diarca tries to calm him down, but then he just screams, uh, starts screaming at Atherin, and Atherin is going all self guilt, but is also clearly angry because he grabs Isaac and says, "Well, then why don't you say it was my fault? Damn it!" Well, but, uh, because I think he wants him to, right? Yeah, yeah. Atherin he wants is, somebody to blame him. Yeah, Atherin needs someone to punch him and blame him because it is. It's not really Atherin's fault, though. I mean. You he could argue see it, it is. Yeah. Because he was trying to save him. It's it's Nichols' fault for being stupid, but that's not Atherin's fault. And Diarca, again, showing his leadership char- chops, literally breaks them up by grabbing them both and shoving them away from each other. And, you know, like all DMs, he points his players at a common enemy, which is the strike in Kiriyamato. <laughs> and Isaac's like, we're going to go kill that guy. So make sure you help us kill that guy. Now I have to go write about this in my diary. And runs out <laughs> of the room crying. Uh, and the Arca chases him, leaving Atherin to brood alone. Hey, there's nothing like a good Atherin brood. We haven't had enough Atherinks recently. You mean all the time? <laughs> He's in charge. So he opens Nichols' locker and all his piano music falls out, which just makes Atherin all more depressed. Because think of all the pianos he won't get to play. <laughs> just think of that piano think, he raised from a kitten. <laughs> I think that's just... Like, this is a little bit hamming it up a bit more, but I think it's reminding us that Nickel is actually a character because he wasn't one for so long. I think it also shows us what Atherin's thinking about right now, and I really like these moments. It, you know, I don't want to say this is a serious take on war, but it's probably the best we're going to see of someone, like, really considering the consequences of someone dying in the line of duty. Yeah, because he had a life outside of war, he just felt like it was his civic duty. Yeah. And Atherin's all like, oh, And Atherin's like, I have no life outside of war other than making annoying robots for my girlfriend. <laughs> he says, you know, I was the one that was supposed to get killed, but uh, do you really think Kira was going to kill you? He's just blaming himself, I think, at this point. He's full on in guilt. He's like, it should have been me. I don't know. It's easier to die than it is to have someone close to you. And he also has to live with the fact that his best friend killed his other best friend. That's true. And then he pulls a Kiriyamato and he's like, I'll kill you. <laughs> you mean a hero, Yui? Yeah, what did I say? Kira Yamato? Yeah. Well, yeah, same thing, basically. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> birdie, birdie, I'll kill you. First, he has that uh, flashback to Raoul the Crusade. And again, he's he kind of goes to bargaining, where he's basically like, if I'm not so weak and kill Kira, it'll make up for it. Well, and he's basically like, damn, I regret memories. And I think you can read in a little bit into La Crusade's character here as well, because he's like, he thinks motivating Athen with his own dead death will be the thing. Or really, if he said, hey, Nickel could die if you don't do it. W- would have probably been a better motivation in the first place, right? Yeah. It's just Atherin is a complex character. He's not just the villain now, even though he is going after our protagonist with his full murderous rage. Tears and all. <laughs> to be fair, I've kind of viewed uh, Atherin as a deuterogonist this entire time. I've even used that term, and I definitely think he is. I just think a lot of series could have just made him the main antagonist. No, that's with Crusade, this, obviously. And called it a day? Well, I mean, with this change, you could flip a switch. And Gundam Seed doesn't. It goes for something a little more interesting. So then we cut to the Bridge of the Archangel, where Nataril is relieving Maru Aramius. 
of her captain's chair so that she can go take a nap. They haven't been able to contact the base yet, but tomorrow evening, they're in the home stretch. They're only one day from retirement. Of course. Nothing bad could possibly happen now. But negative Nancy Natarl is all like, oh, that submarine's real fast. I hope they don't find us. Which causes Maru to be like, man, why does that team hate us so much? They keep going <laughs> It's almost us. like we're at war or something. Well, I mean, you don't usually fight with the same unit over and over again when you've literally gone from space to Earth, That's like fair. halfway across the globe. Yeah, to have the one same unit keep showing up after you. Usually you just change over to whoever happens to be in charge in that area, which is kind of what they did with Beardo, but and actually Waltfeld to a certain extent. So then Natarl's like, yeah, I heard, I don't usually like rumors and gossip, but why not? We're both girls. I heard Moo mumbling something about that not being the La Crusade team. That's because Moo always gets a new type flash every time Crusade's near, and he didn't get it this side. <laughs> yeah, it's a good bit of, I don't know if it'd be continuity or just a reminder of their bond since La Crusade's been out of the picture for so long. So then we cut to Sadflay, our favorite character. <laughs> I mean, I could, I could actually buy Sadflay toys. <laughs> no, uh, Moo muttering about that not being the same team because the crew, he's not getting those slashes. Yeah, Moo mutters a lot. I can, too. I totally buy it. It's just like from a narrative point of view, I think it's just here to remind us, hey, that's a thing. So she sadly walks by the lunch hall while everyone's like kind of gathered around tall, kind of while he talks about flying the plane. This is the point where I realized who's going to die this episode. <laughs> this uh, is like, I was so awesome in that fighter jet. That I would never get shot down. I was lucky because I trained so much. Uh, and Psy compliments him because Psy doesn't get to be a man of action. He has to just sit on the bridge and push buttons. But Tal kind of throws the compliment back. He's like, hey, Psy, you're good at your job because you studied so much. And Muriela, you're really good at towing people to launch. And, and you cousin, too, Cuzzy. Yeah, whatever it is you do, Cuzzy, you're good at it. <laughs> He's vice communications officer. He is the striker for uh, communications or whatever. Uh, and Mirielia is being a worried girlfriend. And being like, ah, oh, it's dangerous taking off in planes. At least on the warship, we'll both die together. And I really like, like, Flay watching this, because we've talked about how Flay doesn't really have a job on the ship. But she really doesn't have anything on the ship now that Kira's broken up with her. Whereas everyone else can kind of take pride in their work. And they kind of are here. They're talking about how they're getting better at it. She's an she, outsider looking in. Yeah, she really has nothing at this point. Her family's dead. Her boyfriend dumped her. She doesn't have a job. I really wonder why they didn't give her a job. I kind of wonder if it's for this point so that she can have nothing. No, I meant like r pragmatically. Yeah, why like, didn't the crew assign her a role? We've talked about maybe she's a maid. I really don't know. Maybe they didn't give her anything because her dad was a uh, Yeah, like they're like clearly or because she's still in grieving over it. They're like, clearly she's not fit for combat duty. She did, like, take one of our hostages and throw her on the <laughs> That's bridge fair. and threaten her. Like, we just can't kick her off the ship because we don't have anywhere to put her right now. Uh, so she sad walks away and thinks of Kira. Meanwhile, cut to Kira, being sad and staring at the strike. And Bertie going, I'm reminded of Athrid every moment I exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to flash back to that scene again because, like Jeremy said, lots of reused animation this episode. So basically, it's just Kira flashbacking a lot and coming to grips with the fact that he's going to have to murder Athrid. I guess this is him really thinking about what Moo has said and kind of taking it to heart, even though he's, you know, he's just trying to work through it. He thinks about Walfelt. He thinks about, you know, killing people. And war isn't over until enemies are destroyed. And I guess I'm Atherin's enemy. So be it. And then we cut to the credits for some slice happy toy commercials. <laughs> and by the credits, I, of course, mean the eye catch.
Nah, bro, he dead. And then we come back to like is his happy eye catch. I'm sure everything will be fine now that the sad stuff is over from the beginning of the episode. Meanwhile, on a submarine. Hey, they found the Archangel. Everybody's surprised. Big shock. Earlier, we had that episode that just started with them attacking the Archangel. And here's a point where I really appreciate it. Because while I love this episode, we've seen this uh, sort of formula of sad stuff, emotional stuff, character building stuff. Attack! A lot. And I appreciate that for breaking it up. But it's time for the attack. They're going to be flying over some islands, and for some reason, that's ideal terrain for attacking. I think it's also the right before dawn thing. That's true. And Izak and Diarca get some like encouraging words. This time, for sure, we're going to avenge Nickel. Uh, Diarca is even kind of encouraging to Izak, and then Atherin is quiet, as always, until he gives the order to launch. I think the reason why saying that it's an ideal time with all the islands is because they don't have to be overly reliant on the ghouls to get where they're going. That's true. So Although, they can use them for, and they can use the islands for cover. My biggest problem with this is they basically tried this exact same approach last time. With one more Gundam? Yeah, with one more Gundam and loss, and they're like, you know what, let's do just just that again. To be fair, they're angry and motivated. Yeah, like, what does the crew of the submarine think about this? They're just like, eh, Atherin's in charge, whatever. They're just support. Yeah, they're just the bus. <laughs> they, they are the bus party pass, bus. So they have to take them. So we cut to Flay. Uh, do you want to talk about the purple hallway? Is this where you had it? Oh, yeah, that was there. I I just noticed that was Flay's walking around. I'm like, who chose this lame ass purple as the, like, it's not even a soothing color. It's just like all the hallways are purple. I don't know why. <laughs> so she walks out into the uh, bay. Why can't I think of what this is called? Hanger. Hanger. Yes, thank you. She walks into the hangar. She's on one of the upper decks. She's staring down at Kira. It's a very nicely framed shot while he's on the ground emoing. I actually thought he had fallen asleep in front of the mobile suit at first. That's what I thought, too, and I think that's the idea. You're supposed to think he's sleeping, not brooding. Given his exhaustion, it would make sense. Uh, and she's, you know, clearly thinking. We don't know what about exactly. Meanwhile, cut to uh, the three amigos now. Man, did we have a name for them before? We didn't, did we? No. We really should have come up with something, and now that they're disbanded. How about the Crusade Kids? Ah, the Crusade Kids. <laughs> Crusade Babies. <laughs> Our origin makes no sense. <laughs> That's terrible, man. The submarine launches, and the babies do too. The submarine surfaces, I should say. And the babies launch. And Charles like, oh, that submarine, I knew it. I hate submarines. <laughs> but now they have only three launch tubes, and now they only have three mobile suits, so it's very efficient. And then they only launch one ghoul, and they all have to share. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of those. <laughs> Somehow they just keep recycling them. <laughs> they keep recovering them and fixing them. There's one very beleaguered mechanic we never see on that submarine. <laughs> I hate my job. The guy's just like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. I, how did they, how did he put a hole straight through this? So I kind of missed this the first time, but they have the alert sign that is alert on four corners with the word alert in the middle of it as well. <laughs> it's also red because it's red alert. <laughs> but it's like, why not just say it once? Like, why it's, have this fancy pattern? Because you gotta have it five times. It's lucky that way. I like that we see everyone's reaction to it too. Kira, like, <clears throat> almost looks like he's jumped up from sleep. Flay looks behind her, kind of like she's trying to figure out where the sound's coming from. We get Moo waking up, all the crew, the kids waking up, because like we saw before, it was night shift. Kira starts running, uh, I presume, up because he has to get to that raised area to get to the cockpit. And get through the, uh, presumably the 
pilot ready room yeah, and to get his flight suit. plot checkpoint that is Flay. Yeah, and Flay tries to stop him to talk about him. I mean, because clearly, as we've seen, she's been thinking about him. I don't know what she wants to say exactly here. Uh, Kira's last words to her are, not now, when I get back, all right? Where she, all she can say is Kira and not look him in the face, which I've been there before. Exes are tough, especially if you're 16. Yeah, I, I really think he wants to talk to her because it gives her like a sideways smile. I'm like, I'm, I need to make time for this. He knows then, he did a shitty thing to her. Yeah. And then he runs off because he has shit to do. And we didn't talk about it earlier, but when he was brooding, before he always had Flay to kind of comfort him. Well, when, now I'm not he's... sure how much he was actually getting out of that. I, but... I mean, I think he got diminishing returns, and that's part of why he left her. But he at least had something, whereas now he just had to sit in sadness he and had... tell Moo to go away. Yeah, he had the, the mobile suit and the bird. Poor Flay. Get the shot of the three uh, Zap suits in front of the sun. And now it's time for some reused footage, y'all. Diarca fires reuse shot. Natarl got out of the captain's chair, ran to the BDC. Well, Maru showed up, so. Yeah. And you can see the Archangel's still pretty beat up from the last fight. It has some battle damage. I still love the fact that one of their weapons is a wombat. That's their anti-mobile suit missile. It's actually an acronym. It stands for Wildly Off Mobile Battle Attack Target. System. <laughs> Good acronym. System. Yes, the wombat system. <laughs> I, I do like moves like, damn, well, I don't know why I thought anything else would happen. <laughs> I chose to I, interpret that as he was hung over from the previous night. He, he just woke up, so. I, I, I don't think Moo would be drinking on duty. I don't. Have we ever seen Moo drink? No, I don't think so. Oh, we did see him after they uh, beat Waltfelt. They oh. all drank, but they, at the. Desert oh, that's Dawn right, party. because we found out that Nataro's a lightweight. I yeah. remember that. Nataro's a lightweight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And Maru needs more beer. That's Mar- right. Maru's a college party girl. I, before he launches, oh, make sure Kira's going to be okay. And Kira gives the emo kid, teenager kid, yeah, I'll be fine. But I do like that clearly Mu is concerned about him before they go into this life or death battle. Well, that and, you know, Kira is effectively Mu has effectively been Mu's wingman this entire time. And if your wingman is in trouble, is, uh, not doing so hot, you need to know that, because you need to know how much of your own ass you're going to have to cover. You need to know if you need to carry today. Exactly. Carry harder, Moo. So we get some reshoot shots of the Archangel firing all its weapons. Of course, this does nothing, because these are main characters they're shooting at. <laughs> there are ACs at least, like, 22. Some reused shots of Atherin and Kira fighting. Some reshoot shots from a long time ago, from in space, even. Of Diarca shooting at the Archangel, doing basically a bombing run, passing by it. Moo just decided he's taking out Diarca today, uh, just giving some nice combat uh, dialogue of, Today I take you out, and Diarca being like, Old man, I do not have time for you today. Again, some reshoot footage. Last time he was shooting the uh, Moby Zero. There is a lot of gravity around here, man. We then see some Flay struggling through the hallway shots. Pretty sure these are reused, not 100% sure on these. I think... I- I'm not sure, but that is a pretty severe angle that ship is rotating at, and somehow she's on the far side of that angle. You'd think that when the ship is at a 45-degree angle, you'd be on the downslope of that. Uh, you know, she's very good at walking es- in heels. Especially when you're uh, encountering that much turbulence. More restrose shots of Atherin and Kira fighting from the episode I was talking about earlier, where it started with the fight. Kira jumps up, and Atherin, or, and 
Isaac charges yeah. him. Isaac charges him. This is actually a new shot, even though it looks like a stock footage shot of <laughs> Isaac firing his railgun and missiles. But we get a shot from back in the Desert Dawn stuff of Kira dodging all these missiles and having them all strike in front of him. Which seemed odd because it looks like Isaac is coming from in front of him or off to the side and the missiles are coming from behind him. But I just... That's actually Kira just turns around for and, no good reason in there. Terms of, <laughs> and then I'm, this is another shot from, I think, the Desert Dawn where he's going... He, he's uh, John wooing yeah. while he's opening fire. I like the shot because it isn't one that they use all the time. And then Atherin fires at him a few times and he charges towards him and blocks him with the shield. This isn't reused, but they use it again later this episode. So I, I don't want to be harp on it because I really like this fight. It's really exciting. I think they reuse all this animation masterfully, but they are saving as much money as they can. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not actually criticizing. I, I know why they're reusing it, and they're reusing it tastefully. It's not like we're seeing the same shots every 30 seconds or every second episode. Mu continues his fight with Diarca, who fires his missiles. There's a kind of awkward shot where the missiles are clearly in the background and they're just tilting it to make it look like they're following him. <laughs> but then there's a really cool shoot where Mu dives so they all hit the water. Because they can't match the turn. Yeah. Which is nice. It makes Mu look awesome. Then we get the shots of Athern destroying the Archangel we got in that episode where they attack <laughs> early, from earlier. Yeah, I don't remember what the what the machine guns are, the anti-aircraft, but he also nails the hell darts. And then the holodeck and the bridge malfunctions. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They use this lightning effect a couple times on the bridge. I'm not really sure what it's supposed to mean. I I guess camera shaking just wasn't enough. So they're like, throw a lightning filter on that. (laughs) Snapchat will do it. (laughs) And Flay dives for cover under her bed. I guess under her covers on top of her bed. Well, because she doesn't have a, a job, there's literally nothing she can do except hope to God the people who are running the ship get you out of there. It would be terrifying. There's some cool damage reports about all the damage that's happened. Any word from Alaska? Cuzzy is very helpful. Not yet. No response. <laughs> so Cuzzy's job is to call Alaska, get voicemail, hang up. <laughs> Alaska, <laughs> get voicemail. You've reached Alaska. Hi, Alaska. This is Cuzzy again. <laughs> um, We're fucked. Please send help. <laughs> I'm picturing like some dude standing there staring at the uh, at the voicemail. It's like, and it's Cuzzy again. <laughs> Back to Angry Birds. <laughs> In fact, this is clearly not important. <laughs> Natarl has them aim the Godfreaks, tells them not to miss, so they miss. <laughs> Make sure you hit it. You do realize this is really hard to aim, That's right? Actually, despite her personality, Natarl's actually a bard, and her telling them not to miss is her ver- version of bardic encouragement. Um, it was supposed to give them plus two to hit. It's just Atherin has a very high dodge modifier. Yeah. So Isaac cannot forgive Kira and charges at him with some stock footage grabbing his beam saber. Hey, that looks like the strike. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? (laughs) With that head right there. The the duel looks a lot like the strike from that top portion anyway. Uh, Kira responds with the same footage of him jumping at Isaac on the previous time he did it. Because it's worked previously. Including with him putting the gun down. Well, it's worked previously so well, so why not do it again? But Isaac's ready for it this time. They do kind of a beam clash. I think that's reused footage from when they were in space. Where they block each other's beam sabers with shields. I think it was with Atherin, but it's pretty much the same anyway. Uh, speaking of Atherin, he's attacking from above. He's got the high ground, and he's going to take the Archangel out. We actually see him use crab form for something. He drops his, his ghoul. He, he fires the uh, crab beam, which is basically the same one that the launcher strike has. Like I like the shot, but when it goes to Maru, she says, right? Like, dodge right? She says to port in the dub, so I think that's just a thing where Japanese, they don't have port and starboard. Okay, because... That's my well, assumption. In every other time that we've seen it, they've said something like port and starboard. 
Yeah, I think it's just right is the literal translation. So that might be just the thing. Uh, They hit the they hit one of the valiants. We just fixed that. (laughs) And it blows right off. Yeah, we we get some shots of some crewmen dying inside. Oh, I guess we don't. I thought we did. No, I, I no, assume we, that some crewmen died. We get the reaction of uh, Maru, Mar- Maru being Maru's knocked to the side. And Millie. <laughs> and uh, Millie's uh, board going haywire. Then we get some stock animation of the Aegis untransforming. This is the one from the second opening. Uh, but it's really cool because it has a feeling that it's falling and it lands back on its ghoul. So it gets points for that at least. And, and we get a really neat shot of the uh, Archangel on fire and going down. And then we get some... Uh, Techno babble. We get some more damage report techno babble. And this is one of those great things where um, this is all in English. And so you get that nice Japanese accent stuff of plasma tumbler. I do levitate on down <laughs> plasma tumbler damage. Why are you on tumbler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the archangel cannot maintain lift is going down. We get a very determined shot of tall who throws down his earpiece and declares he's going to take off in the sky grasper. You think that they would already have the backup. Like, in combat, you'd already have all your backups and stuff ready to go. But yeah, uh, Tall gets up, says, I'm taking off in the Sky Grasper, and he gets a look from everybody of, really? And it gets ordered not to, but they yeah. cannot control the catapults from the bridge, as we've learned before. So Which seems like a design flaw, frankly. A <laughs> little bit. I guess it's if so if you get taken over by enemy forces, they can't shut Well, you think you'd be able to, to override it from the from engineering, but... I assume it's to allow your shitty teenagers on deck to uh, make bad decisions. Poor tall. So Kira lands on the Archangel, picks his gun back up, and then jumps again. But Isaac sees his opportunity. He's like, oh, you're going to kick me? No, not today, motherfucker. I am kicking you. So it's worth every other goddamn time for you. <laughs> it's my turn now. I love this so much. Well, it, it's a really great shot from Isaac, you know, getting up there and, and turning the tables on Kira. But unlike every time Kira's kicked Isaac... Kira blocks it with the shield. <laughs> oh, well, Kira, it's Kira's move. He knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, he, he's already well experienced with that. But I also, I just like that because Kira's really surprised that Isaac is actually going on the offensive because every time Kira's gone aggressive, Isaac has gone defensive. And it's also a great petty moment for Isaac while also get, making him be able to do something effectively. Unfortunately, as he's falling, Kira, there's a really cool shot of him taking a pause to aim and then he nails uh, the duel's leg which blows off and causes it to fall down. But just like in the battle earlier, as he's falling, he shoots some partying shots from his rail gun. And this time, unlike the last time, it destroys the gun Kira just picked up. Kira's like, oh no, I just got that. I just picked that back up. And Athen's like, here, let me show you mine, bro. And here's where we see that reused animation of him charging Athen while he shoots at him and plucking <laughs> him with the shield. same shot. They edited out the gun. Even the lasers splashing the same oh, yeah. on yeah. the shield. But I... I still like it as a shot. I don't. I don't mind well, that they reused cool. it. I only noticed they reused it because I watched this episode about ten times preparing for this podcast. Ah, that'd do it. And I was looking for it because I realized how much there was. And I was like, "Did they use that twice?" But then Atherin gets to be smart. He jumps off his ghoul and shoots it as it is about to hit Kira, causing to it to explode. And in that shot, Kira has gotten his gun back. <laughs> yeah, I saw that <laughs> continuity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's just got a gun. It's like, uh, guys, you just. You just blew that up. You went through all the effort to edit it out of the other shot, but you didn't edit it out of that one. He actually had a second one on the pack. He just didn't bother to pull it out until right then. So the mechanic just lets Tall get in his, I mean, his Sky Grasper. Well, the thing is, like, Maru said wait, but she never actually ordered him not to launch. So it's entirely possible in the time frame it took him to get from the bridge to the 
hangar, Maru has given clearance, or Notaral has given clearance for him to launch. Yeah, Mu seems indisposed, and Kira is obviously engaged, so. They, they need somebody else out there providing fire support, or at least providing targeting yeah. data for the, for the Archangel. It, it seems like a reasonable decision, frankly, but... Uh, also, having that thing sit there while you're under fire is not a good idea. You have the asset, use it. Uh, they tell him to be careful. He's he's like, I'll be all right. I'm voiced by the same guy as Inuyasha. They wouldn't kill me and give my voice actor to a different character. Saul takes off. We have the same footage of him reacting to the G-forces. But again, I like that. Because he's, he's still he's not still used newbie. to it. He's still yeah. a newbie. It's a very important point for this episode. Uh, then we get some lightning strikes, and it's starting to rain, which is how you know serious business. Yeah, is serious shit's up. going down. It's raining. The strike lands, generously speaking, <laughs> crashes on one of the islands, and the Blitz is after it. After Aegis is the Aegis is after it. You're right. The Aegis Blitz is, is dead. Uh, you're right. Well, the ghost of the Blitz in Athern is after him, and we get some peak Kira and Athern yelling at each other this episode. <laughs> so when they first landed on the island like this, I was wondering if it was supposed to be a callback to War for Two. I don't think so now, but... <laughs> I don't think so, it, but man, the, that animation of the Aegis where you pause looks super janky. That arm looks really weird. <laughs> I don't see it, so... It, like, this look arm? where its hand is, look where the beam saber is Okay, yeah, to the that's hand, true. Yeah, the, like, the, the hand and the saber don't work. Well, it's partly but, that and partly because... the saber because comes the, out of the wrist. Well, because of the transformation... Well, then the saber would be pointing straight into the shield. Because of the transformation, there's this big black cavity where the arm goes underneath its pauldrons... Because there's that big empty space, especially with the angle of its head and the rest of its body, it looks very crab-like and just kind of janky to me. Fair enough. I'm not a super big fan of the Aegis' design anyway, for basically the reasons you just stated. But anyway, as Atherin's beam saber bends on Kira's shield, we cut away in a lightning flash to them in the cockpit being very intense at each other. Kira pulls his beam saber so it can be a duel, and they start yelling at each other. Atherin misses a swing, Kira gets behind him, goes for a swing of his own, and this is the first place where in the original this was just a still, but here it's fully animated as the, he just goes after it with its Gatlings, its uh, Vulcans, I guess, and I, it looks beautiful. I really, like, I didn't see this shot before. It's really neat because I constantly forget that all of these mobile suits are equipped with Vulcans because none of them ever use them because they, in later series... Like, I think the original series is the only series where the Vulcans are really useful against mobile suits, because in later series, they're basically anti-tank and anti-infantry weapons, like anti-conventional weaponry. Yeah. And I think that's or, more or less what they're supposed to be used for. Or for shooting down incoming missiles. Like, uh... Point defense. Yeah. Kira uses earlier to cause Izak to take a move earlier than he probably would have otherwise, but... Uh, well, that's one thing, but, like, usually they're not employed in combat between mobile suits. It's just they don't use them very often. And, and it gives this fight a more intense feel. They are both pulling out everything, and they will do some cool improvised moves as it, as it goes on. Also, we get to see the Aegis's leg beam sabers, which are just like, it, is it the one cool thing I really like about the Aegis? It never really uses them in this fight, though. Like, they're on, but he doesn't I, swing them I actually them? like the fact that the beam sabers for the Aegis are actively connected to it, because it's, the only way it can lose all of its weaponry is if it loses all of its limbs. And it's head. Well, I mean, it can run out of it. It oh, can ammo. run out of ammo for the Vulcans. Fair. They never actually establish how much ammunition is for those, but since they are a desperate dive weapon anyway, you, you're not going to be using them very much. Then we get a shot of a random church and some kids for some reason. Uh, because this is the fourth to last character whose name to be introduced. We only got a few more. The board is pretty much set for Gundam Seed. But this guy's important-ish, not really. But He's anyway. Reverend, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> But he's on Rainy Island. 
meanwhile, remember how the Archangel was uh, going down? I actually, I really like the shot of the Archangel going down, but then we cut to basically it's internals where you have damage control teams trying to put out a fire. Because usually in these combats, we haven't seen what it looks like for the, the teams trying to prevent the ship from going up in a massive fireball. So Murdoch is running a damage control team as they're trying to put out what used to be the Valiant, is my guess. Or something that was connected to it. I like how Maru's all hunched in this shot right before they're going down. She looks so tense. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? The Arch- <laughs> Your ship is crashing. <laughs> all hands prepare to impact as the Archangel crashes down into one of the islands. And the buster is approaching as they go down. So the Archangel skids across the island. There's some cool shots of it. Flay is still panicking. And it's beached. And while it's sitting like, uh, down like a sitting duck, the buster comes in for the kill. I was going to say sitting like a legged whale. <laughs> <laughs> But moves back and teams up with his uh yep. his greatest ally gravity and shoots <laughs> out the Buster's ghoul. Unlike Kira, Diarca manages to jump away and he gets one last stock footage shot of that blaster <laughs> as he falls down. But Moo manages to take off his arm, and well, he takes off the uh, the Sky Graspers. The I was gonna say cannon, but it doesn't actually seem to have lost the cannon, but it has suffered severe damage and has gone down. I think it's supposed to have lost the cannon. It's just like uh, when the strike lost its gun. Ah. <laughs> so Izak is also now beached in, right in front of the archangel. It's pretty fantastic because we we haven't actually gotten there, but the Arca has gone down and is at point blank range from the archangel's main gun. And we get some desperate techno babble from oh my hydrolift's gone, thrusters are out, fuck the G diffusers, not a thing. <laughs> Something's wrong with the G-Diffuser, yeah. Something's wrong with that's, the Arcus That's not a thing. And his third enemy, the Godfreeds, are right in front of him. Well, and, he, he, I, I love his expression, because like he's he's kind of panicking, trying to figure everything out, and then he looks out the screen. And he magnifies and, the Godfreeds. And there's a readout that's in Japanese, but I'm pretty sure it says, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it just says, you're boned, you're fucked. Although he then makes a very, like, what I consider, like... The most like, intelligent choice yeah. of any character in the series? Yeah, like, well... I can't do anything. I'm going to surrender. He pulls a Jar Jar. My give up. My <laughs> give up. Like I, I love that because, like Tyler said, it's an incredibly intelligent decision. It's in. It's also an incredibly informed decision. Well, His mech like- is down. His mech is basically destroyed or combat ineffective. He's got nothing. The Archangel, being a battleship, still has its main guns, and they are at point blank range. I know the the Buster and all of them have been able to duck these Godfreys really well the entire series, but duck. they're not gonna miss at this distance. Also, he can't move, and yeah. he can't move. I don't know how good or bad the gunners are on the Archangel. They're not gonna miss that. <laughs> well, I just like this because it's not like it's a cowardly action on his part. He's just like he comes out. He looks a little chagrined, but like it, he obviously thinks about it for a few moments before doing. It. He's like, well. well Oh, crap. He's, well, he's got an, the expression of, you know, crap. He's clearly afraid, he's, too. He's, There's a sweat drop. He's afraid. He's angry. You know, all of the above. And then he pops the hatch and surrenders but, in hopes they won't shoot him. Like we said before, he's the cool-headed one. Izak would probably have tried to shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... And then he, you know, pops the hatch and basically says, I surrender in hopes they don't shoot at him. It's also, frankly, exciting. Like, this is a huge change in the status quo. And, like, what will happen now? Because the Archangel hasn't had a prisoner yet. Well, and their crew is like, oh, shit, what are we going to do with that guy? <laughs> and well, every, yeah, and everybody's really confused that he's giving up. I suppose this hasn't been a thing that's actually happened very often but in the war. But he's a shitty teenager. He should, <laughs> he should fight to the end. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of been the case is that there really haven't been prisoners taken. Yeah, so, Zapt is pretty fanatic. And Diark is very, 
Well, he, he looks very angry, but I think it's a combination of angry that he's been beaten and fear of... They might fire I, anyway. Yeah, they might shoot me anyway. So, cut from that to a puddle in which we see the reflection of the strike and Aegis fighting. I really like that effect. It's a good shot. They're trying to save a lot of budget, but they're also going all out with this. Very intense fight, which has maximum yelling. You murdered Nickel, how dare you? You do remember he was trying to kill me, right? <laughs> and Athern's like, I'm so angry, I could just crab! So, after Athern crabs, Tall comes into the rescue, just like he did with the Blitz, ready to fire those distraction missiles. And Athern turns and throws the shield at him, which is a really cool improvised move. And we get to a nice slow motion of Tall realizing he's fucked. <laughs> yeah, he's he's made a, hit his, a huge mistake. And before the Arrested Development music can start playing, the shield hits him, tears his head from his body. And in the HD version, it comes flying at the screen. And the original is just kind of a still where you see his head and his body are no longer connected, which is, I don't want to say more tasteful, but... I think it is because there's just that pause there of... Being that static shot of kind of a shocking moment of... Let's it sit in. Right? Yeah, it, it sits there, and then because the rest of it has been stills for, for that entire combat, it really reinforces the sheer brutality of what just happened. I mean, obviously, Atherin wasn't trying to kill him in such a brutal manner, but, but he, he was, was trying, trying to, to kill, kill him. him. And again, this like place of a horror of war. He died in a horrible way. It was probably a lot more painful than Nickel. Yeah, he probably didn't feel it. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That A multi-ton <laughs> shield smashing through the cockpit. I feel as like soon as get... that thing hit you, you're dead. Yeah, you're probably going to shock almost immediately. And then we get Millie seeing that the Sky Grasper signal was the, lost. Yeah, the, the signal lost, I think, is what really drives it home. Because she doesn't say anything. It just pops up and says signal lost immediately. And then she opens her mouth a little bit. Like, it, it's a pretty good reaction. But, you know, it could just be radio problems. They have those. They can't get a hold of Alaska. And it is raining and thundering. And they've been shot down, so it's entirely possible that there's some kind of interference in the area. We know what happened. He's gone. But just having that pop up and signal loss, it's such an impersonal thing. I mean, obviously, it's not going to pop up and say, he's dead. But <laughs> I, I just really like that shot. Uh, so then we cut back to the Aegis and Strike, and through tears, Kira goes Super Saiyan, which is a really cool shot, I think. We get his pupils all dilated like that with the tears in there. And they charge at each other again. And here's where we get the real peak yelling. There's a really cool shot of Kira blocking uh, the Aegis's beam saber, kind of forcing it up with the shield, and then going for the arm, which again, that's just a still in the original. Yeah, they, they start but, dismembering each other. Yeah. It's really cool in the original. There are a bunch of stills of it. It looks even better in the HD version. And then Gundam kicked to the face. And then guess what? And Atherin Ath also goes super Yeah, sane. and Atherin's <laughs> missing an arm now. But Atherin is not left-handed. And as he's running out of power, he goes Super Saiyan, which is, oh, it's really good. Now, Because now they're on even footing, basically. Kira activated his limit break, and Nathan said, no, me too. And he kicks off the strike's arm with his leg sword. The strike responds by cutting off Atherin's head. This might be the one shot that's a little more evocative in the stills because he stabs it right through the head as opposed to coming off. But it still looks amazing either way. And it also kind of raises the question of where exactly the backup cameras are, because the heads are supposed to be where the cameras are, yeah, to like, show where, the pilot where they are. What do they actually keep in the heads? Well, Presumably, there are two cameras, one on the top and one on the back. There are the Vulcans. I th believe the eyes are also cameras. I could be wrong. My, my guess is it's the, the cameras to show the pilot where he's looking, the Vulcans and the Vulcans' ammunition. I mean, obviously, with some Gundams, namely the Wing Zero, that's a little bit different, because the Vulcans are in its shoulders, but... <laughs> Atherin gives Kira another kick, and it goes right across the uh, piloting seat, so now he's got a nice window. 
Well, he doesn't need the cameras anymore. This, so. this right here, where their pupils are full they're of They're glowing. Yeah, they're like yelling, I love screaming that. each other's names. Actually, I really <laughs> like how the pupils are glowing in the shot as they are yelling at each other, because it really reinforces that... The uh, the whole Super Saiyan yeah. thing. The, these are two badasses who want to kill each other. This is the most shonen scene I have ever seen right here. Atherin goes for the grapple check and grabs the strike. His uh, giant trab cannon is pointed right at the cockpit. It glows, it's getting ready to explode. And then Atherin's out then of power. <laughs> Which, again, is really good because we got that shot earlier of him running low. And he just ran out last episode, too. So it's already... Will establish as a thing that might happen. Uh, the strike looks right at the main camera, like he could start shooting the Vulcans. But, you know, like I said, Atherin is a badass. And, like, after no thought, he starts putting in a code on little keypad that pops out. Which is 2887, viewers. (laughs) If you ever need to blow up the Aegis, there you go. (laughs) It's a 10-second countdown to explode. I guess that's the fast version. I like how it's called Emergency Program Lana (laughs) 2. And Zach has talked about complaining about them not having ejector seats. I totally get that. But I really like the shot of Atherin coming out on a jetpack here. I I don't like that the base model of mobile suits lack ejection systems. These mobile suits I'm okay with because they're prototypes. They're not really initially intended to be used in combat the way they have been because... You know, they're supposed to be test beds. Yeah, they're not mass production, right? They're, they're yeah. not engineered for safety. They're engineered for blowing things up. Well, they're, they're engineered for testing things that would later on be used. But the fact that they lack ejection systems in production models is where I'm a little annoyed. So Kira sees Atherin flying away through his sweet new sunroof. There's like a beat and then there's a moment where like Kira <laughs> realizes what's going on, but it's too late. And Atherin Zala manages what Hiro Yui never did. Self-destruct. <laughs> and he killed him. There's an awesome... You can actually see a little piece of the uh, Strike's limb flying off. Yeah, flying at the camera. And Kira Yamate was never heard from again. (laughs) And there's a really cool shot of Aslan being caught in the wave and being pushed away. And then for some reason, we cut to an over-shoulder shot from the Archangel looking at the explosion before we get the end credits. Well, it's showing just how big that explosion was. So technically, Izak's still on the field. He's missing a leg. Uh, I think he, I think it's also kind of implied that Isaac went down in the water, so he's probably out of action. He's back on the sub. He's taking his 15. <laughs> Man, that and... fucker never <laughs> is actually doing his job, is he? And, wow. Man. Shit happened that episode. So yeah, like I said. I always remember that episode Wait, is that, 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 that last fight. That's Miguel. Oh no, that's, that's, um, yeah, that's Rusty. Miguel. Rusty. That's Miguel. No, that's Miguel right there. Okay. That's Miguel. Okay. I always remember that fight as being the entire episode and not just like the last 10 minutes. It's not even 10 minutes. It's a real quick fight, but they do a lot in it. And none of that reused animation in there. Well, it, it actually reminds me of in uh, Starship Troopers, they, the book, not the movie. They actually mention that uh, two people who are very good at, at hurting each other are the fight's not going to last long. The reason a fight is going to last long is because those guys aren't trying to disable each other. And the other great thing about the fight is the tension is constantly ratcheting up because they're taking off limbs, they're taking off weapons, they're taking options away from each other and going to more and more, like, improvised things. And immediately. They're they're not, like, there's no, should I do this? It's an immediate decision is made. And I also, frankly, really like Atherin is the trained soldier, Kira is the kid who fell into the cockpit. I like that when Atherin gets serious, that's it. Aw, Kira didn't die, he just left. Come on. Where did I say that? <laughs> so, like, what's your reaction to this episode, Tyler? Because it's your first time seeing it. 
Holy shit. Yeah, no, shit happened. I was kind of expecting... I, I was not expecting Tulpa die. That kind of caught me by surprise, but also didn't have a huge amount of moat. Unfortunately, my favorite couple on the show is gone. So that's... I, <laughs> I think that's really the idea behind why Tall goes down so fast, is that it catches you off guard. You're, you're not really expecting him to go down that fast. I think it's more to give the weight of what happens at the end of the episode more emphasis because we've already seen that like they're willing to kill for lack of a better word term so now atherin gets two yep <laughs> atherin has uh two kills under his belt well done i can't help but remember that the uh that sky grasper is the fourth thing to launch and that's its fourth fourth mission and it's yeah four is bad in japan yep and uh yeah tall is fourth is the fourth pilot to launch from the archangel dead. Yeah. yeah poor tall i don't think there's any coincidence it's just kind of amusing to note yeah, so I guess high points, Tyler. Oh, jeez. Um, wow, wow, man, that's really hard to choose from. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say somewhat facetiously, actually, because I said earlier that he didn't actually use him. But when Atherin kicks off Kira's arm, that's pretty good. Um, actually, no, actually, specifically, the high point is them full pupiled, yelling at each other, just screaming each other's names. When they beam struggle without beams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, what's your high point? Well, since Tyler took kind of the obvious one, I'm actually going to go with Diarca's surrender. Yeah, that's actually real. I really like that. Because I like that whole sequence where he's trying, you know, trying desperately to get the thing moving, realizing he can't, then realizing just how boned he is. Yeah, it's like seven seconds, but it's a good seven seconds. And it's a great character moment, and it's exciting to find out what will happen next. Let's see, what's mine going to be then? Mm. <laughs> Reverend Melchio. No, not Reverend <laughs> Melchio. I'm, I'm actually going to say all the redone animation they did. Because while I think it really works in those evocative stills, the animation here is beautiful in a way that it couldn't be in the original version because they didn't have any money. Runner-up play hiding under blankets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like, I love when he kicks open the cockpit. That's like such a cool framing device. It is, because I, I, if I remember right, in the stills, it's oh, really hard to determine exactly the what hole it is. In the cockpit. No. 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 We will get to that. Okay. <laughs> Gundam see Destiny, everyone gets to come back to life, Tyler. But what do you think is gonna happen next? I'm curious. I have no idea. Like, I mean I I don't want to compare this too much to Game of Thrones, but this feels like a Game of Thrones type shuffle to me, where suddenly the main character is dead and you have to figure out where the chips are gonna land. And who you're going to root for because the Deuteragonist just killed the protagonist? Hmm. I really sympathize a lot with Atherin still. So I like I feel like he and Diarca, I mean, to be fair, we're going to watch the next credit or next episode preview. Yeah, yeah you kind of forgot to but stop like, it I'm, on that. I'm pretty sure Atherin and Diarca are now captured. So I'm going to assume that Izak goes on a hot-headed one-man rescue mission. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if Izak had to Batman his way through <laughs> Alaska? I'd watch that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Izak, being in charge of the submarine, um, gets knocked over the head, and the captain says, we're bailing. Um, <laughs> okay, low points. Do you have one, Tyler? Oi, man. Actually, the random, like, uh, English status report, for some reason, like, that didn't oh, make Oh, I kind of love that. Like, it's neat, but why? Because literally nothing else is? I don't know why. Because uh, levitator is clearly not a Japanese word. They have clearly. no word for that. <laughs> in the entire language. Zach? For reasons that will become apparent later, Atherin's suicide charge on Kira. Ah, nope. I'm all into that. All into it, even as is. Yeah, well, like, I know nothing about that, and that was badass, so <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it. 
What am I going to say? I had one and now I literally forgot it. I'll say all the reused animation because while it's pretty well done, it does lead to some weird shots if you're looking really closely, like that gun getting back into his hand right after he explodes, the missiles being awkwardly placed, a few things with the Aegis don't quite make sense. But yeah, it's a great episode. It's hard to find a low point. Uh, And it's not my favorite episode of the series. It was really good. Like, I I really think the reason it's good is because it changed the stakes. Like... Dramatically, they they went from zero to three million. <laughs> in, yeah, in the space of uh, two episodes, we've killed three characters, and, one and, of which was the main character. And these guys have kept attacking the Archangel to no avail, so it's cool to see them get to do something. What's a little Even weird about Even though it's a, it's a Pyrrhic victory, because they've lost their main pilot, they've lost the strike, they, they've lost one of their Sky Graspers, but they've yeah. destroyed but, two mobile suits... And captured another one, yeah, as from, well as a pilot. So they've actually come out plus one mobile suit. And from the other end, uh, the Crusade kids lost three mobile suits and a pilot. Yep. Two pilots, I guess, if you got the Arca. Yeah, and the Archangel is still around. So I like. I feel like this is a point where it really deviates from the original yeah, Gundam. I was going to say, <laughs> were you expecting them to get to Alaska? Yeah, and, yeah, I was. And develop some as produce strikes? No, here's where they go full Zeta Gundam, and it's great. <laughs> and start doing a lot of their own stuff, too. But they start drawing a lot from Zeta Gundam, which is the best. So, it gets real good. Like I said, I, I've i been being facetious when I think I can't wait until the series gets good, but I couldn't wait until the series got good. Oh, I'm pumped. I want to watch the next episode now, which I'll do when I get home. Yeah, I kind of want to as well. I like. I don't know. It was really damn good. No points this episode. No points? Okay. No points for our game. So it wasn't toll screen no. time remaining. There might be points next week, but I don't think we get them for a while. And if there uh, are any next week, it's a while after that before there are any more. I think you're right, but I can't remember. Were there some last time? No. Uh, no? Yes, yes. There are a few last time. Okay. I mean, I guess I could just go with the notes. I feel like I have enough information that I could probably piece this together if I was diligent. But <laughs> I, I maybe. feel like you would need an insight. <laughs> it would need to click for you, and I don't know that it would. Possible. Like, it's, at this point, I feel like I could basically make it a very time-consuming spot, the differences. And but, roll an insight check. If you wanted to listen to every episode of Last Time on Video Games, I'm pretty sure me and Zach joked about this game before this podcast was a twinkle in our eye. Maybe. <laughs> I know we've joked about it in the past. I don't I know remember we if had, it was recorded or I, not. I don't remember if it was recorded or not. I know we have joked about it in I, his presence. I know we talked about Neo Roanoke on an episode. <laughs> yeah, I know we did. God, Neo, Neo fucking, fucking Roanoke. Roanoke. <laughs> uh, but he that, has the same sweet hair as Moo, though, so it's fine. Fucking Neo Roanoke. Uh, but it's a long time before Neo Roanoke. We get a deal with Raul the Crusade before then. So I guess that's it. Uh, join us next time for episode 31, Grieving Skies, where people cry a lot. Also, the, it's raining. <laughs> yeah. We uh, slow down here for a bit, but these are these next episodes are my favorite batch of slow episodes. Because they're just building to my favorite episode. Oh, yeah, they are pretty fantastic. Is it the episode where Lacus just hits the stop the war button <laughs> and then sings uh. a pop song? And it's. <laughs> no, it's when. No, that's uh, in Gundam Seed Destiny. <laughs> well, I mean, this is when Lacus takes over as the main character, grabs a Gundam, and starts killing people. It's pretty great. I could see that happening, actually. <laughs> I had a crush on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> After and you killed my crush, let's get married and kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you are bad enough to be my. You're a badass enough to be my husband. Are you a bad enough dude to save the president? No, you're a bad enough dude to marry the president, though. <laughs> uh, so join us next time. I was going to say no lack of Kleina next time, but I actually think she shows up in the next episode very briefly. Maybe. 
So, see you then. I'm very excited. Bye. been a last podcast production copyright 2019 super heavy super heavy gundam hammer time